Yo, 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 what is going on? This is DJ Brainstorm on the mic with you right now, coming to you live and direct with episode number 253. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got a feeling for it. <laughs> the Drunk My Summer Thoughts podcast, the DMST podcast is back. want to thank everybody that is tuning in right now on Facebook Live and everybody that will be tuning in throughout the week on SoundCloud, on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. on iHeartRadio, yes. on the TuneIn Radio app on Stitcher. yeah. yeah. Uh, and Spotify. I, mm-hmm. I promise I'm gonna have us back up this week on Spotify. Man, uh, man. We ain't gonna never be back on. I Spotify. promise I'm gonna have us back up, up, up there this week. Anywhere, <laughs> wherever, however you get your podcast, we want to thank y'all for tuning in this week. And this feels weird as shit because yeah. I'm used to turning to my right and seeing Playboy here, but Playboy ain't here today. It is play- no, I'm joking. Uh, Playboy is uh, Playboy got PTO today. Yeah, he got PTO. He took some time off. Yeah, yeah. So we got, uh, this is um, it is it's weird. You we'll get into you being out last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. I felt yeah. Shut up, forgot. Playboy out today, and then two weeks from. Now, now, you, you know, out. I'll be in the Outer Banks. I'm gonna talk about that in a second too, because I'm I, I did some research in the Outer Banks last night. I can't wait to go, but this some bullshit. But we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, so everybody that's on the live, obviously you can see we do have a guest in here with us this evening. Yes, we're gonna we do. We're gonna get to the intro in just a second. Uh, Dev, how are, how are you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good. You know what I mean. Um, sometimes electronics try to give you. You know, they it's try to get you down. Today. You it's know what I mean? Right but now. no, we good to go. I'm good. I'm ready to go, man. Let's do it. Okay. And then we do have a guest this week. Yes, we do. As I said, we have Miss Kristen sitting down with us. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Feeling good? Yeah. You look a little like, oh, what, what to expect here? Oh, no. I done been in all type of situations. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> all right. So how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. You know, it's Sunday. It's been a rest day, a chill day. Mm-hmm happy to be here so thank you all for inviting me on uh, we thank you for coming up uh we're doing some really really interesting things uh so we're looking forward to getting into that and talking about that in just a little bit um well as we always do each see each week Dev, how was your week my week was absolutely um amazing you know what i'm saying nothing crazy happened it's just it's the it, it was the week before the last week of school, you know what I'm saying? So, oh y'all was oh y'all done this week? This week, this Thursday, man. So how many so, days you really working this week? Uh, I know you off on Monday, so I'm how many off Monday. Days you, what you working one and a half? I mean, I really ain't working this week, man. I, I'm I gonna be in the school, you I know, know what I'm saying? But, I know. but uh, I'm not suspending nobody. I'm just calling parents, like, listen, come pick your kids up, man. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to act the ass this week, man, I'm sending you home, fam. I'm not doing no paperwork, man. Or I'm giving everybody four days. Everybody suspended for the rest of the come year. Back next year, come back next year. Return date August seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Cause, but uh, but yeah, man. So it was a cool week. Nothing, nothing to. Uh, I'm trying to think, man. I mean, it was. I, I had a little bit of a scare. My mother, I took my mother to the hospital. Yeah, yeah, I remember you told me that. Yeah, but she she ended up being cool. She thought she had tightness in her chest, ended up being upper abdomen stuff. But you know, so it was cool. cool. Week was cool, man. Um, yeah, we'll get, we'll get into another reason why the week was cool. In a minute, you know what I mean. Um, our event yesterday, mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, other than that, week was cool. Okay, uh, Kristen, how was your week? My week was cool. Uh, yeah, speaking of school, yeah, uh, one of our sons graduated from middle school. 
Um, the That's other one up. is going on to the 12th grade. So uh, just to wrap up, you know, around that. But yeah, this week been pretty chill. That's what's up. Mm. That's what's up. Uh, I've had a, a pretty good week. It was the first week back. Uh, like you said, I was off last week. Um, I got us. Well, let me just do this first. The week was good. Just the work stuff. I'm actually in a, I'm actually like in this in-between thing right now with, um, cause you know, my new quarter is supposed to start tomorrow with school, but you know, I was supposed to do the, the practicum mm-hmm. that I have to do over the last two quarters of, um, of, of school. And I was in Arizona driving to Sedona when I get a call from the company I'm supposed to be doing it with and they pulled out and they like, um, damn. And they're like, uh, it's some type of insurance thing mm-hmm. because they've been working, um, you know, remote. Mm-hmm. So I guess the aspect of their insurance, they let drop or whatever, because mm-hmm. nobody's really in the office. And so I guess there's something with that, that they will have to pick back up for me to do it. And they didn't want to do it. So they pulled out. So I basically went from thinking that I was about to be, you know, everything was going to be good with that to being like, damn, I'm about to have to miss this quarter. And now instead of being done at the end of the year, being done, you know, early next year, but, um, so you got to miss the quarter. You don't know. I don't know yet. That's the thing. I've been up and down. Then it, so it went from that to them. T- like they pointed me to a couple organizations in the area mm-hmm. uh, that do some things like uh, almost like Beach Brook or something like yeah. that. You might have heard of yeah. a couple yeah. of them. Um, and um, so one guy, I think from Beach Brook, he actually got back to me, but he, I won't be able to start on Tuesday with them. So again, I was like, damn, it looked like I'm at the, you know, mm. missed the quarter. And then she um, actually emailed me on two on Thursday. And she was like that the original organization is a uh, North. I ain't going to say it. Um, but the original organization, no, no. <laughs> no I, people they, I ain't, they play. Look, you. I ain't, look, I ain't messing. I ain't messing with my blessings. <laughs> you might, you might go back with them. You yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. They actually emailed oh, back. Was like, <laughs> my bad. Right. Uh, can I take back that? Fuck them. Yeah, you know no, no, no. Because uh, y'all should have let my niggas start on. Uh, but no, they. Uh, but they emailed back and they said that they're willing to to let me still do it if they just waive the insurance requirement. So oh, they had to okay. send it all to the university and stuff and see. So I'm just waiting to hear back for no. So basically, I'll start the one class on Tuesday, which I can continue, mm-hmm. but I may or may not have a practicum. If I don't have a practicum, it's just the one class, and then I'll start that in September. You know, so it's three month quarter. So instead of being done at the end of the year, I'll be done in what March or something like that. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. So it's just been a, a, a up and down thing with all of that right now. But other than that, it's good, man. I was happy to be back from vacation. So y'all, how y'all was held, it, man? Y'all held it down Talk for me last weekend. So, we got to so take a few minutes. We uh, Just to let you know, too, so we've done, today's episode 253. I've never missed a show until last mm. week. Yeah. I, I finally took a, uh, took a week off, and I went out of town, went to, um, went to Phoenix. Uh, you know, me and my girl went to Phoenix, and, um, and, you know, we had a good time. It was good. We didn't go to the Grand Canyon. Mm. Uh, I was telling, was I telling you were a Playboy? It was, it was funny because it was like I was watching a little bit of y'all on Wednesday where y'all had Steve. Shout out to Steve Guy. Yeah, shout out to Steve Guy and Holly. And, uh, and, and, and Holly. Holly and the CEO. We had some of our fair skin. No, that wasn't the first time. I said it was the first time we had some. some but like white Steve folks. said, that's the first that He's the first repeat white guest on the yeah, show. Yeah, first time. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> he's the first. first. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but a shout out to them, the Cleveland Comedy Festival. I'm yeah. sorry. You know, we're a part of their network. So shout out to the Cleveland yeah, Comedy Festival. Um, but I heard I heard them saying like what black person goes to the Grand Canyon? And I started thinking about that. Like, hmm, what black person does go to the Grand Canyon? But, uh, but no, you know what? You ever we, been to the Grand Canyon? Christy? No, never been to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> never thought about going to the yeah, Grand Canyon. Well, they was, he, he bought hiking boots and shit and a little <laughs> backpack with the so little thing, little thing the with the water, the little water hose come out the side. <laughs> Who drink that warm ass water anyway? No, no man, no. What I, you know what it was? Is, uh, so we got there on Wednesday and um, it just wound up being so hot when we landed, number one. And then, um, you know, it took us a while to get the car. By the time we got to the to the Airbnb, 
we pretty much sit down, sat down for like an hour and then we was up and we went to do this off-roading thing through like the national forest out there which was dope like that was really really dope um took a couple pictures saw some rattlesnakes and shit out there like let me tell you we stopped guys in front of us and we we're driving and i see the guy pull over and so uh, as soon as he as soon as he pulled over he like angled for me to pull if i saw something in the middle of the road so i'm like all right so i pull over the, the people in the car behind me didn't i could tell it was a snake and we get out Mm-hmm. He's telling us about the snake. It's like a diamond head uh, rattlesnake. Whoa, 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 So you were driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have sent you the pictures. You know, if I sent you the pictures. Fuck. You were inside <laughs> of a car. It was a snake outside the car. Yeah, I forgot to send you the so pictures. So y'all to put got up the, out the car to where the if, snake if was. If I shoot you a picture, could you throw it up on, the, on there real quick? Yeah, man. Y'all, right. I can't. I would have lived in that goddamn car if it was a snake right. outside the car. I'm assuming it's a poisonous snake. Too. Yeah, it's a rattlesnake. A, a diamond. Uh, you said a diamond. What made you want to get out the car? Well, I mean, it, what it was was at first. Where are the pictures at? Where is it at? I took. A, I know I got a picture of. I wonder if it's in the ones that he sent to us. It's probably in the ones that he sent to us, with all four of us. Let me. I got to pull those up. When you do it, email it to me. Easy way. Okay. Um, but what it was like, I saw like he wanted us to just see it. I guess mm-hmm. it was a part because it was a two-hour sunset tour. Oh, it was a tour. I'm tripping. Yeah. I'm thinking y'all was just. <laughs> no, we I'm thinking y'all was no. on the way to CVS. No. Y'all niggas got out the car to look at a rattlesnake on the road. And you got you fucked up. No, it was it was um the crackhead begging for money, so I got out. No, no, they no, rolled no. the window up. Fuck that nigga. <laughs> I'm trying to find it real quick. No, it was it was a uh, it was a two hour sunset tour um, mm-hmm. through the desert and stuff. Oh, okay. and so um you know I ain't gonna be able to find it out just because I'm looking it's for cool. it. It's cool. No. Uh, we'll throw it up there throughout yeah. the week. Um, and so, like I said, so we was driving, and um, it's like these four wheel buggy type mm-hmm. things that we were doing. Oh, okay. And um, let me pull up the Facebook. And uh, and uh, and so, like I said, he pulled up, so we we could tell us it's the snake or whatever. And uh, and so he's he's like, oh, so I just want to let you guys know what type of snake this was. It was a it's a di- it looks like a diamond head rattlesnake or whatever. And mm-hmm. and so uh, he took a picture of us, like we standing back. So he took like he literally took a picture. It was me, my girl, and the couple that was uh, that was on the um, on the tour with us. So, you know, we all take the pictures and stuff. And then uh, he's like, I want to see if I can get it to move for y'all. No, 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 this motherfucker no, gets to start kicking dirt and stuff on, and stuff, trying to get it to move. Finally, it did move and it went on and crawled on out into the into the brush or whatever. It was actually cool to see, though. I got it, man. Uh, <laughs> you done changed, oh, man. My girl, my, you know girl, my girl just sent it to me. All right, I'll email it to you real quick. We grew up in East Cleveland, Ohio. Now you out here looking at rattlesnakes, man. This is some wild shit, man. Yeah, but I mean, but but that was I mean, but that was good. Um, you know, like I said, the the we you know we went out to, but the reason we didn't do the Grand Canyon overall is because it was just four hour drive from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. honestly, I woke up early on Thursday morning. I was just tired, and I was just and I started thinking like, was really did a rental for two days, mm-hmm. and we was just gonna do Uber and stuff around the city for the rest for the last mm-hmm. two days. And I knew it was some, a place we wanted to go to on like Friday that was further out. And I'm looking, I like Google what it would have been for the Uber, and it was gonna be like thirty, forty dollars each way. I'm looking like, I ain't about to be paying a hundred dollars just to go to a spot. I'm like, we mm-hmm. might as well just switch the schedule around and and um, and you know just just do the. So we wound up going to Sedona instead, which was it was scenic up there in Sedona. Mm-hmm. It ain't the Grand Canyon, but it's scenic. You know, we walked around and got food up there, did some of the touristy areas. Mm-hmm. You know. And, it's it's seen it, you know. It's it's just nice. I know yeah. this don't sound like the typical um, black black nigga from East Cleveland, but uh, you know what I'm <laughs> y'all had a very nice vacation, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You ain't go to the club. Y'all ain't go. You know, niggas would have went to a Suns game. Niggas do very black shit when they go on on trips. You know what I'm saying? 
No, I mean, we still went out and got, you know, we went out and got drinks and, you know, we, we hit spots and stuff like that. But, you know, yeah, we didn't go like to That's the, what's up, man. We didn't go to like the main club and just go go crazy or nothing like That's that. That's what's but up, was, though. Man, it was all good, man. You know, the, the drive through the mountains was crazy. Uh, I, honestly, that drive through the mountains, that shit was about to take me out. So I know going to, uh, I emailed us, I know going to, uh, to the Grand Canyon would have been a lot worse. But like I said, it was all good. We, uh, we did that. We got around the city a little bit. We found black-owned restaurants so we can go and eat okay. at. Um, did like a brunch or whatever. At one spot, and then went to like a soul food spot on a Saturday night and stuff like that. So it was overall, it was a good trip. It was good to get away. I personally, I just wanted one trip where it wasn't about, all right, we going straight to the beach, we going straight mm-hmm. to the club. You know, we just going to definitely turn up and do all that, whatever. Yeah, is that it? Right, that's it. Um, um, yeah. So I, I just wanted one that was a little bit different than that. So the next one will be at the beach, oh, yeah, and we'll be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I won't be doing that shit no more. And he's like, you know, the way you can really tell is the is the you have to get down on the ground and kind of look it in his face. Well, you go ahead and do that. <laughs> <You sir. got laughs> oh shit! I see the little stripes. What the zoom? Can I zoom in on this? I, I sent the second one too that you should have got. That's oh, okay, I got snake. you. I think that I either I took or she got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm grab that too then. Yeah, but she it is. was. It, but overall, like I said, man, it, it's it was it was a great. It was it was it was it was a really really good uh, good trip, man. It was good to get away from home. Um, you know, just to do something different, see something different, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to Playboy in the feed. Playboy, what's up, man? You know what I'm saying? You, what you got going on out there? Yeah. So <laughs> ain't no telling what he got going. <laughs> Love Playboy, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So other than that, like I said, but it was a good trip, man. It was hot. We got we got lucky that it wasn't too crazy hot. It was one on one when we landed on Wednesday. Um, yeah, that's pretty hot. Yeah, Thursday was probably like up <laughs> mid upper nineties, and then like um, Friday and Saturday was like mid eighties, so it wasn't bad. Yeah, that's that's it right there. No, yeah, that's two. Right? Is it two of them? No, the other one was just like a little something that was there. No, it's just oh, the one. Okay. It was just the one, but it was damn sure a rattlesnake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh hell no, man! <laughs> People be complaining brother, about got, brother. Cleveland, you got to live a little bit. Do you? You know, if it, listen. <laughs> People be complaining about Cleveland, and I get it. I understand, man, but I don't be understanding though. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we got skunks. You might get a raccoon every now and then in your yard trying to go through your trash. That's about it, man. I'm not trying to live nowhere with like lizards and shit and and and, and <laughs> rattlesnakes and. Bro, we about to go to Houston next month. You gonna see some little stuff down there? Too. I'm not. I'm not. I lived in Atlanta for. for I mean, I'm not living there though, bro. Like you know what I mean? Like, I'm not. I go on a trip. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But I don't know. I'll take my little winner, man. I'll take my little shovel. So that's a no go for you too, huh? You ain't you ain't um, hopping out the car to go see like to walk up. We, we didn't walk up. Like, I did use Zoom. Like I'm still from BC. <laughs> <laughs> I did use the Zoom, but uh, you ain't walking up on the. No, on I'm the... pretty. I'm pretty open. You uh-huh. know what I mean? I mean, I wouldn't get all up on it, but you know what I mean. I'm open to the lizards and the snakes. She's more and, open than you are. You know? No, I look at. Them. I'm not. I'm talking about living there. Like okay. I, 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 I took a Even picture. Even living there, I mean, ain't like the snakes gonna be you no, know fuck, necessarily nah, greeting nah. you at the front door. I got an know? issue. I got a man cave, <laughs> I mean. and I got a. I still to this day in South Euclid, Ohio, got a phobia that you know. When I'm taking care of my business, you know what I'm saying. A snake or something gonna crawl up through the toilet. I'm oh, below God. the ground, fam. You know what I'm saying? I'm below the ground in my basement. You know, if I live there, ain't no telling. <laughs> We've told a lot of stories on the podcast over these um, five years and uh-huh. 253 shows. If that ever happens, we are doing the episode that night. Like we got to hear that story right then. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we do it that night because I'm ever. moving in this motherfucker. I live here now, bro. <laughs> I live in the studio at this point. 
Nah. If that happened to me, I'm moving out the house immediately. Yeah, but like I said, but oh yeah, but overall, man, it was all good. It was uh, it was good to just get away, do something different, see some different scenery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's good to be back. Uh, you know, I was listening to the show last Sunday as I was driving up and. Mm-hmm. Driving back up from Columbus, and mm-hmm. uh, you know y'all held it down last week. Shout out to Ulysse. Yeah, shout out to Stephanie for, uh, for her and and her and her opening last week. You know she tried her best to be like <laughs> me. It was hilarious though. It was, it was hilarious. And then um, and then um, and Stephanie for being a guest last week too. Yeah. She was a repeat guest last week. So uh, good conversation y'all had yeah, last we had week too. Convo. But speaking of guests, speaking of our past guests, real quick before we get into our guests, we got this week. Let's give a shout out to Cache. The you know what? <clears throat> Let me check myself. The Cache Ariel. The Cache Ariel. She got the two E's in her name, but um, she had an event yesterday. Uh, cupcakes, cocktails, and culture. Mm-hmm. And it was we was talking about a little bit before the pod, man. It was um, it was it's a small black business networking event, right? But it's mostly all small black businesses ran by women. The only one I think there that had. It was run by a man was was smoky sweet soul the, and I the, went there today the and got my burnt ends. You got your burnt ends? Woo. Yeah. So it was mostly black, uh, you know, business women, man. Um, everything from you know different body oils and I got my beard oil. You know, what I'm, I'm trying to get my beard right. You know, she gave me the <laughs> I got the beard butter and wash. You had different clothing people there, um, you know, apparel people, mm-hmm. candles, all different kind of stuff, man. It was just real cool at the Umbar. On um on Larchmere and uh man just shout out to her shout out to her for putting that dope event together we got there as you always do when you set up setting up to do something we got there about an hour before it yeah. started yeah and it was chaos man that shit was chaos it was chaos and then when it was all when everybody was yep. all set up it was good so yeah you know shout out to all of them we actually connected with a few people that's going to be coming on the pod over mm-hmm. the next few weeks I think yeah uh, before we get out of here for Houston mm-hmm. and then um. Uh, so we made some connections with people. It Before was, we go it was, spread the gospel in Houston, we got yeah, we got to go spread on. the gospel. Um, yeah, we spread our the Bibles go, down there. Spread the Lord's word down yeah, in Houston. Yeah, you know what I mean. We for a good little weekend. Sprinkle our mama's. I cooking. think I think we should visit some of the uh, most notorious um, sites of the wayward. We got to save them. We got to go into uh, these places. Into we got to go places. into yeah. V Live Houston. We yeah. have to go into. Um, I think it's called Buttercups, Houston. That's what it's called. Yeah. We gotta try to go save but these you gotta ladies. Because 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 the Lord went and got them where they were. He yes. said he said go yes. and get them. He said <laughs> go and get them are. where they are. Yeah. They he in said, that come as you, he said come as you are and go and get them where they are. We bring in sweatpants <laughs> and t-shirts for you to dress yourself. Yes. Ladies. Yes. Yes. We are going to do the Lord's work in a few weeks. Shout out to the to the good brother Paco for putting that event together. Uh, no, what is it? A smoke free weekend, uh, June twenty fourth to June twenty seventh. Uh, Latisha said in the feed, "What book we we uh, reading from?" Like we said yesterday and, I'm in the third book and I'm in the fourth book because I started reading a little bit before him yeah you started a week before and we reading about Jesus ain't that who that's, that's what, what it is about. yep yep praise <laughs> him he won't he do it yeah so that's what's up show us the way out there in Houston <laughs> uh so anyway let's uh <laughs> let's get it to our guest this week uh because we are we are um uh, obviously, again with Playboy gone, we had to. We wanted to fill the chair, and uh, and Dev went on on a search this week. We were yeah. talking. We were before like, we, before we talk, before we get in our stuff, let me tell y'all how this happened. Yeah, yeah. I told her about it. And you know what? <laughs> you know I don't give a fuck. I love Chuck, man. So shout out to homie Chuck the World. He was on the pod. You know about oh, about a year, year and a half ago. We did the I am two and six radio together, right? So I go. Um, Chuck had posted something, and I saw. Uh, first, I had I had come across. Um, 
I'll be wanting to call her uh, Sage, but it's not. Kristen. Kristen. I came Afrocentric Sage. Afrocentric Sage. I want to ask you about that name, too. But yeah. I came across her. Um, <laughs> we'll give you a sample of the guy's word a little bit later. The, the feed is asking for, them to, for us to give him a sample of the word we're going to be preaching. We will in oh, a little okay. bit. But, <laughs> uh, but we, I came across her work a couple of years ago when I did. I was working in a different job to work with moms who were like in the hospital or whatever, um, having premature babies or whatever. And then her work came up, her doula work. It came up uh, through like somebody who, I can't remember, one of my old coworkers was talking about it. Mm -hmm. And um, it made me start doing some research. This is like 2019-ish. Mm -hmm. um, made me start doing some research about it. And then um, I saw, I ended up seeing a, a, a video randomly not too long ago on the uh, Explorer page, but I didn't think nothing of it. But then I saw Chuck's post, and he, um, <laughs> you would put someone in there like, your people never got back to me. And I'm like, who the hell, right. Chuck, <laughs> talking to and not following through on? That's what he, you know what I'm saying? So I went and I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, shit, I remember. And I started connecting the dots, and then I reached out, you know what I'm saying? And um, she said she was down to come on. So Definitely. we have her here, and we started doing more and more research. Digging. And we found out that, um, yeah, we're going to have some hefty conversation today about all the stuff you got going on. Or oh, have yeah. done, or will do in the future. It's a lot. So, <laughs> so on um, Instagram, you are Afrocentric Sage, correct? Yes, sir. All one word. I want to start with that. How, the, the name. Uh, where, Afrocentric Sage. Yeah. Um, I think a couple of different reasons. You know, like people who know me, like I'm for the black community. I'm for. Um, Africans just all around, you know, mm -hmm. in the diaspora, because I think that we are so disconnected mm -hmm. from who we are. We have adopted Eurocentric ways and ideologies, and we complain about racism, and we complain about all the chaos within our communities, but we actually are the main contributors to that chaos um, because we have adopted ways that are not in alignment with our souls. And mm. so the sage part comes from just having wisdom, you know, having a higher level of understanding and consciousness and being able, I mean, ever since I was like a kid, people always was, you know, tell me like, you get the best advice. And I'm like, oh, do I, you know, I just think about things in a, in a different way. So, you know, Afrocentric meaning that my principles and my ideology mm -hmm. uh, come from a, a Afrocentric uh, way and way of thinking because I'm very much into our history, not just black history, but ancient African history. Like mm -hmm. mainly my entire book collection is of our black African scholars mm -hmm. and our history. And that's what I enjoy reading and researching most about. So, you know, just the Afrocentric sage coming together mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, the wisdom and, and sage advice that I might give always comes from a Afrocentered space mm -hmm. um I, I, that i found to be interesting i kind of i kind of got that and the vibe i felt like i was getting from your page as i was going through was it's about us and so not about what people are doing for you or what or what they're not doing for you but it's about us so it was almost like a self-empowering type of thing where it's like the answers for what things that's going to be wrong with a lot of things is going to be us. That's kind of the vibe I got from it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> we, and we're not ready to accept that truth, but you absolutely right. Okay. <laughs> See? Listen, I'm ready to give that. All right, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going. We're going to dive into a lot of this stuff. So you do have a lot of things going on. Um, I, I saw one. It looks like a 
what's it like a personal delivery service or something like that where it's something about i'm busy what is it oh yeah bib because i'm busy so uh it's an app that Mm -hmm. i've been working on developing under my uh company called strategize me and it's a personal concierge but it's like a uber for your life Mm -hmm. so since y'all guys here's one of the issues y'all might have because my dude always had this issue too is finding a barber for Mm -hmm. example Mm -hmm. you know so this app allows you to get on and whatever a barber is available next Mm -hmm. that's the person that'll come up and you can go right and get your hair cut you know so that way you're not having to you know make an appointment scroll on instagram putting in barber cleveland trying to see yeah, who yeah, available yeah. you know what yeah, i'm saying and, yeah. and most people don't take you know same day appointments so this allows you to have a same day appointment go right in get your hair done get your nails done because i had this issue all the time because like i'm a beauty lover so mm-hmm. i had this issue with getting my hair done my nails done my brows done my lashes done mm-hmm. because if i just gotta go you know fly somewhere i'm leaving out of town i gotta go get my i need my nails done right now Mm -hmm. and i don't have time to schedule an appointment Mm -hmm. with you this also you know improves the customer service and quality business the Mm -hmm. quality of our businesses black businesses that you know we complain about that all the time Mm -hmm. too so Mm -hmm. it kills so many um birds i should say with one stone Mm -hmm. yeah i just thought that was busy i mean i thought that was interesting because with all the things i've seen that you have going on um most notably like the, the work you do like Deb said, the doula work, and then uh, just working in the community. Um, that because you also have what is it called birthing, birthing beautiful Bur- communities. Yeah, uh, that was the most for me. It's the most interesting thing that that you do because, um, like I was talking about with school, like I'm a public health major. So for mm-hmm. me, I'm all about you know obviously you help the different communities or whatever. But I have a really 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 big um, 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 uh, interest in working and doing things that you know affects the black population in our communities mm-hmm. and people don't know that there's a very very a lot of people don't know there's a very very high infant mortality rate in northeast mm-hmm. ohio we actually one of the higher ones in the country <clears throat> and i say it a lot on the show but i mean mm-hmm. I, like, even if one of the places i was trying to work with was first year cleveland for my bra- for my practicum mm-hmm. uh, like even if you go to their page today <laughs> oh, that's what it, oh, <laughs> no no it wasn't no, it wasn't you no. said first yeah. <laughs> no, really? no that's that's the name of the company first year cleveland yeah. uh, but that's what i was trying that's what they never got back to me at all you know, Ooh. period. Mm-hmm. Can I say it? No, I, <laughs> no, I may need them in the future. <laughs> but uh, but like even if you go to their website, I think I think today it shows like it's over thirteen thousand babies that were born in in two thousand twenty twenty. Um, I forgot how many of them they said didn't make it to their first year through their first year of life, but seventy three percent of them were African American babies. Mm-hmm. You know, so obviously you know that mm-hmm. there's just a huge a lot of work to be done in that area. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I founded Birth of Beautiful Communities in 2015. 2014, I had been working as a doula, a birth and postpartum doula. Um, just on my own time, I volunteered. I had a full-time job and, you know, I had two clients in particular that really pushed me to wanting to create like an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were young black women and all of the services that they said that they were getting from, you know, other organizations, it just wasn't sufficient, you know. Mm-hmm. And most of the organizations, well, I'm gonna say all of the organizations that were designed to help black mothers were all managed and ran by white people. And mm-hmm. so, you know, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, well, that's not gonna work because mm-hmm. it's a cultural aspect to all of the issues that, 
you know, we have. And so it was important to me to create this village or this community of sisterhood to be able to support uh, new and expectant pregnant women and women who have recently given birth and families as, uh, too, because I don't exclude the fathers. You know, this mm. was a Thank part you. of Thank you for doing um, it, just being a family unit and being of a support to the to the family mm. as a whole. And, you know, I don't know how to word this. Yeah, you'll learn it. I'm, I'm, I'm whatever. So I just kind of spit it out and then try to figure it out after that. <clears throat> I think it's like uh, it makes it extra important, right? For you, for that work is so important because the birthing process is one of those things that even if you are the father, one. You ain't doing it as you know what I mean? You're not mm -hmm. birthing a baby, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like as much as you want to say we pregnant, she pregnant. You want to say <laughs> we having a baby, she having a baby. And um it's not necessarily a space that we want to be in. Does that make any sense? Listen, let me tell you something. Brainstorm, I know some point in time. You're gonna father a beautiful, healthy baby girl or baby boy, okay? Um, the delivery room is. Oh my bad. Yeah, I gotta flip that. I didn't want nobody to see me. The oh. delivery room is a very, um, it's a special place to be in, brother. I'm telling you something. You ain't never seen nothing like it, okay? It changed my life. Okay, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is that work is extra important because, like, the, the you know you know like in the old like drug movies, the game needs you. The game mm -hmm. like black women need you. Like they need mm -hmm. the service. They need the love. They need the attention. Like they need that. You mm -hmm. know, uh, you know for not the main reason, but one main reason uh, it ain't a place that. Um, <laughs> You can have that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, listen, I've never gained more respect ever for one human being at any point in time ever for anything than I got when my wife had our daughter. Mm -hmm. I have never it is like you ever had respect for something and then something happened and then your respect went up mm -hmm. there's never been a bigger gain in respect ever in my life mm -hmm. for any one thing or any one person any one event anything my father passed and I, re I I respect her birthing more than I respect the reality of death I know that makes I know that's crazy it's something about the life coming out of her into the world what she has to endure mm -mm. And you like, I ain't got shit to do with this for real. I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, I'm here as support. All this is going on. Like, this is, a, this is, she's an alien, right? Now. I don't even know what this, this, this human is not, I'm not like her. Does that make sense? I can't even explain it, man. Absolutely. I think it's just a We all experience death. We all don't experience birthing kids. Like, we're not like her, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But anyway, all right. Mm. <laughs> well, birth and death is certainly on the same continuum. You know, I think birth a, is a, it's a it's a it's yeah. a process. You know, it's a cycle. But we know, all die. Life. We all don't give birth, though. That's the only difference. Mm -hmm. but, I, but whatever. I didn't know how to word that, but I don't know. Maybe I did a horrible job at wording it. No, no, no. But uh, point understood. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does what all does your doula work entail for people and that may not uh -huh. know exactly? You know what? All, what all it is that you do, um, you know, and that 
type of yeah, work? Yeah, well, I founded uh, Birth and Beautiful Communities, but I stepped down as president and CEO in March mm-hmm. um, after I did a bunch of stuff. But what I set out to do was create the programming um, that supports the women for mm-hmm. up to 80 weeks. So mm-hmm. during pregnancy and after the baby is born um, and then fundraising to uh construct a birthing center, which was extremely important to me, which is what I've been talking about since, you know, I first started doing this work. When I first started, you know, being really being on the scene Mm -hmm. around birth work, people here didn't even know what a doula was. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew. I used to have to spend my time in meetings explaining explaining Mm -hmm. what a doula was, spelling the word. (laughs) Nobody knew what a doula was, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it was this concept, you know, that I was like, this is like one of the oldest concepts in the book, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's women Mm -hmm. supporting other women, you know? Mm -hmm. But again, that that goes back to how we're so disconnected from Mm -hmm. our history and from our culture Mm -hmm. that these things come back up and we like, oh, this is new. And I'm like, no, this is like Mm -hmm. retro new right mm-hmm. like this is something that we did yeah. before yeah. but it's com- but it's coming back up as we start to remember who we are on a soulful level mm-hmm. and so you know as you just described birth is is sacred is what mm-hmm. it is yeah no it is it's sacred and but we've taken the sacredness out of birth and mm-hmm. you know and so you know my response to the infant mortality crisis in the black community was to build a program to where we could train more black women to become doulas. Mm -hmm. So then not only are they making a livable wage, all the women who have worked at uh, BBC start off making $20 an hour, you know, as you just described with women being in business Mm -hmm. and how it was mostly women within Mm -hmm. uh, the networking group Mm -hmm. there, you know, that's how it is. Women are, usually a lot of times the ones that's making the money because mm. you know the system has literally torn our families apart and so then you have a lot of our black men who are incarcerated and you know uh and so i remember a couple of years ago i had did a conference uh a speaking uh engagement in indiana and it was a breastfeeding conference and i did mm. my presentation on the connection between the lack of breastfeeding in the black community mm. and mass incarceration you know, mm-hmm. two things that seemingly are disconnected, mm-hmm. but it's very much interconnected, you know, mm-hmm. because of the stress that mothers are under when they don't mm-hmm. have the men within the community there to support them because uh, the mass incarceration is affecting our fathers, our brothers, our husbands, our, you know, our partners, mm-hmm. men who otherwise would be in the community mm-hmm. who are su- helping to support the family are not there. And so black mm-hmm. women are then left to have two Mm -hmm. jobs, three jobs, you know, and that affects them and their ability to breastfeed because you can't be stressed and and try to breastfeed. It it will diminish your milk supply, you know, and so black women have the lowest breastfeeding rates, you know, so all of these things are contributing factors Mm -hmm. to why we see um, infant death within our community. So Mm-hmm. That's really my work has been around educating us about ourselves because it's easy for us to say like it's systemic racism and systemic racism is a real thing, but mm-hmm. we have to understand what that actually means. And I think that we, we have a misunderstanding mm-hmm. of what systemic racism is. And because of that, we don't take as much responsibility as we should for the issues that plague our community. God damn. You know what? You know what? Let me tell you something right now. Okay, I don't know. You've seen busy. You seem like you got a lot going on. Okay. 
I don't know. You can carve out some time. Uh, you know, I know y'all can probably get your hands on some equipment. I have never met a human being that should do a podcast more. You, if y'all go follow her, her Twitter, Afrocentric Sage, you put out like tweets that are like podcast titles. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if you go go to her Twitter right now, people on Twitter. Oh, please. Afro I don't even have Sage. no followers on Twitter. I'm but glad listen. <laughs> She'll put out a tweet that's like, you know, I mean, I know it's not it, but like, systemic racism is a problem, but we need to take more responsibility. And that'll just be, you be like, holy shit, give me more. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a topic of conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need, in my opinion, if you get a chance, if you just dip your toe in at some point in time over the next two to five years. <laughs> Because uh, I, I I believe honestly, especially when you run across people who have not only experience in the community, but insight that is a little bit more um, unique than mm-hmm. the go along get along people that exist nowadays. Mm-hmm. Those voices need to be heard by people. But and are we ready to hear? I don't. Though? I think a, I think a lot more people. I'm I'm a big fan. I'm just don't have nothing to do with it, but I'm gonna connect them. I'm a big fan of this um, podcast. You know. Group of people, flagrant two is this comedian Andrew Schultz, Akai Singh, whatever. Their whole thing is, we're done with cancel culture. We done with watching the words. We got to say, they call their group of fans the asshole army, <laughs> and we gonna like say that. it. We gonna say it. We gonna talk about it. We not gonna have put a filter on it. We not. We go. If you rock with us, you can get our little Patreon for a few dollars a month. But the, when you go there, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get the guys to honest truth in the rawest form. You know what I'm saying? I don't think everybody is open minded enough to experience it themselves. But there are enough people who's tired of hearing the same bullshit every day. Yeah, I that mean- are willing to hear something real and honest and true. I'm so sick and tired of the narrative around. Like, we would joke a lot around about, you know, Trump and Biden and stuff like that. I'm sick of the... I'm sick of the narratives in our community a lot of times around stuff like that where you have to have a default view mm-hmm. on things. Mm-hmm. No, I can have a nuanced view and then we can have a conversation. If you don't want that conversation, then cool. Mm-hmm. But there are people who are willing to hear that point of view it might be met with some resistance at first. But hey, we that's need fine. It. That that that's fine. Literally nothing has changed in our community. Like me and my husband have been watching this uh Godfather Harlem for mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. If y'all ain't watched watch that. But then I've been about taking checking it out. Yeah, yeah check it out. It. But then Forrest Whitaker created um like a four part uh docuseries mm-hmm. based off of that, talking mm-hmm. about the history and the culture of Harlem during that time. Mm-hmm. And last night we watched uh, part two mm-hmm. and I literally fell asleep, like seething in so many ways because last night's episode was about like the civil rights movement mm-hmm. and the uh, March on Washington. And I was like, damn, like all of those people that's, that was there and literally nothing has changed. And that was 60 years ago. And we lost a prominent brother, Malcolm X, mm-hmm. around this. And even I was saying over Facebook, and I'm like, we we so in our, you know, this this, this we got to be so peaceful that we asking for civil rights, like we asking for people to treat us with respect. That that's what we doing, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But nothing has changed. But we still doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought about a lot of stuff like that along those lines over the course of like yesterday and the past couple of days, because you know we're coming up on a. Uh, one of the topics I was thinking about for today's show, 
but not wanting to be too heavy but um but you know tuesday is the 100 year anniversary of the tulsa uh massacre mm -hmm. uh after what is it greenwood o um greenwood oklahoma. um oklahoma mm -hmm. um and so it's i don't know enough about it even though we all know it happened yeah, in a sense, into, but yeah. we don't know like obviously i've been taking time reading up research, on it, yeah. like that and it's just like it's one of those things in life where you you find yourself getting upset as you're learning more about it. Mm -hmm. um, but outside of that, um, thinking about that and one of the points you made a little bit earlier, how um, how it's within us a lot of times, um, I thought about that with that community where it's like, I don't think we can do it these days the way they did it there. And Well, maybe we could mm -hmm. because East Cleveland is a community. You know where we grew up. That's, mm -hmm. that's a community. If we kind of took... It's a community in the sense of people live there, but yeah. we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. If we took the same type of ownership that the people that built up that little that's, community, like mm -hmm. like now, dog, that's now, the key word. Now man. We ownership. Dog. We ain't gonna have our own commerce and nothing like that. Like you know, we ain't gonna be able to have. But we 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 not gonna print our own money and it's separate from whatever else. But we can have our own money in our own communities. I mean, they mm -hmm. had movie theaters, they had banks, they had supermarkets, they had everything they need. Like I focus mm -hmm. on on uh one of my things i look at too a lot it's like how we can't even eat right in our neighborhoods the food deserts and mm -hmm. stuff like that and how you, you have to travel so far just to get to a damn grocery store and stuff like that mm -hmm. but if we took ownership of our communities you know what i'm saying like we could have that and it's one of the things i've said before on the show a few times where i think some of our change starts within us and i don't mm -hmm. think it's overnight though mm -hmm. like i've always said that one of the ways i think a lot of people who are like you know we look at celebrities and you know they put their money in different causes and i know they do a lot of different things i'm not whatever but i've always said it would be great if people did almost like what you see lebron doing a little bit with the school where mm -hmm. if you go to this school you all can go here for free mm -hmm. you all can go to college for free i've always said it would be nice if people it was almost like an adoption thing where it's like oh people that the people who not just celebrities but people who can afford to do it mm -hmm. oh who wants to be a who wants to be a, a, a teacher oh you do i'll pay for your school but mm -hmm. you got to go teach in this area so you got to mm -hmm. go teach in east cleveland you got to do it for at least five years mm -hmm. we do it sometimes when we get tuition reimbursement you got to stay at a job or something you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying mm -hmm. but what if somebody paid for you to go to school but you got to go work in the black community so you got to go work in the areas that we grew up in mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying if oh you want to be a cop okay we'll pay for y'all to go to school i'll pay for five of y'all to be policemen but y'all got to go be policemen in the cities that we grew up in mm -hmm. so not as one we're taking care of ourselves you know we're putting the younger people through school and then it's putting us back in a position where we're only where we're affecting us in a sense, not where mm -hmm. we just get into school and then we're gonna go yeah. work and shake or somewhere or something like yeah. that. It's like it's us kind of taking ownership of our own community and stop sitting there acting like somebody else is gonna sit there and give us yeah, the out all the time. Well, that's because the American dream is to be white. <laughs> so okay, so <laughs> so that well, no, but 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 you know what? That's true though because hey, it is. the American so, dream is uh, never about. It's never really been about black people. Like the whatever they consider to be the American dream has never really been us. The house, the picket fence, and stuff like like nigga. Have you tried to get a bank loan for a house or whatever? Yeah. It's just, it's just. <laughs> I've heard people talking about all the hoops they had to jump through just yeah, to get their loan. Or then the story that was in the news recently about the lady who was trying to sell her house. I forgot where it was. And the appraisers came out. They kept giving them a low-ass low number. Mm -hmm. So finally, she wound up having some of her white friends come in. They took all the black stuff out the house. Mm -hmm. And they got appraised like 125000 more than what it was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that Amer I agree with you. That American dream has never really been a black dream. It is. Let me tell you all a, a short story. Since her husband, since how many times you give her a high five during the day for so Look, dropping the gym? This is my this is my thought part. That's what I'm talking about. Everything man. that we bounce off of each other. 
he's, he's about to get him a microphone. Yeah, we gonna have to. He said they, he said they just went to the bank. You know what? Yeah. Man. 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 Yeah. Yeah. We can't. Yeah. They didn't want to pull your credit? Yeah, they didn't want to. It was just, that's what the man said. That's, that's the red line that they do. They're trying to separate you from her. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> we we got to give you a mic, man. We're going to go to our break. We're going to give you a mic, man. Okay. But go ahead. Yeah, because we can't. We, well, no. You good, you good. No, I don't know if he could be, if they could hear No, him. not really. But yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll um, she said she had a short story. Yeah, so uh, what you just said is is around self-determination, you know, the, the ownership, right? So my son was playing um, football for, uh, for East Cleveland. His dad is a coach, so he's been playing for some years. And um, I went to go pick up the, his equipment one mm-hmm. day in the uh, rec center, the civic center. Mm-hmm. And I had never been in there before. Mm-hmm. And I went in there. And I couldn't believe what I saw. The floors. Mm-hmm. It was so like I took a video. They still have a fist of floors in there? Let, let me tell you what happened. <laughs> so I took a video of the floors. And I'm going off taking this video mm-hmm. on the floors, right? I post the video on Facebook. I call out black people. I'm like, damn, like, how is it that this is the only public recreation center in this city? And it looked like this, mm-hmm. right? Now, mind you, I don't live in East Cleveland, never have lived in East Cleveland. I have Mm no ties to East Cleveland outside of my son having played football Mm -hmm. on a team because Mm -hmm. his daddy from East Cleveland, Mm -hmm. right? I was more invested in this project. Mm -hmm. I literally took this project on, right? Mm Started a fundraiser, raised money, EC Rise, my girl Allison Carpenter, Mm -hmm. who is from Cleveland but live in D.C., was flying back and forth to raise money, have a day for the community to come out, pull the floors up and everything. We was going to get money from the government. I uh, uh, signed an MOU with the city so that we have access in there and to do that. But I did all of that work with with the exception of uh, and with Allison and the whole team that she put together. You know, and then at the end of the day, the project ended up getting shut down Mm. because of some fiscal issues with the city and whatever in the government. But my point is this. I don't have any ties to that city or that place. Mm -hmm. What I saw was a lack of self-determination. My kid don't go here. My kid had never even been in this center. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Why do I care more than the people who live here? That doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Because because the people in the city don't go. And I mean, because we we have these conversations ourselves. Sorry, the, the because people the people in the city, in the city really don't use it and go. And that that's, sucks. That's, we used to go to the city all the time. Because I grew up playing ball there, and I think I remember seeing something. So I don't know when your event was, but I think I remember seeing something, maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah, EC Rise. So maybe that was it, because that, that sounds it. familiar. I can't remember, but I remember seeing something about that in the floor. So yeah. May, so, so maybe I was that was that was the event. But the, but the facility was being used because I came they, in there and it was a, a bunch of kids I in have, there yeah, running I mean, around. That's, see, that's the thing. I haven't even visited. I've, I think I've DJed an event there once in one of the back rooms maybe three years ago, something like that, three or four years ago. It might have been eight, nine years ago I was coaching. I was helping coach the East Cleveland Chiefs at a uh, they had like a three-day camp or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was the last time I've been to the CF. Mm-hmm. And it was bad back then. But, yeah, it's just I, I think the problem is – because again, we have these conversations a lot about what can be done or what can we, you know, you know, we we started a nonprofit YGB because we want to 
uh, we want to start trying to give back to the community and stuff like that. But it's tough because you got to actually have some people too that actually care and give a, and give a damn. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes they'll do like a little cleanup in the city. I mean, how many times do people really pull up for it or something like that? Like it's, I think it's because people that live there don't really have the desire completely, so, or maybe you don't feel like you your little bit is not really going to make a difference. Maybe. And mm-hmm. all right, so. Let me confess. Let me keep it 100 with me. And so when I left and went to school in um, 2000, I was I had East Cleveland fatigue. Mm-hmm. And I think that affects and plagues a lot of people who do have, who are ambitious, who have mm-hmm. ambitions greater than the city. East Cleveland has, it's not the way it is on accident. Mm-hmm. That fucking city is a Venus flytrap. It can suck you in. You can be there and never leave. Like the amount of traps. So I, and when I look back on it selfishly, was like, I'm done with East Cleveland. You know, talking to a girl or two from East Cleveland. I went to college. I went to Erie. I said, I ain't talking to y'all no more. I was done. I had fatigue. Like I got like, the, my my experience with the Miss Abernathy's and the teachers and the administration and one of the reasons why I got into to education and to administration was to be a better example mm-hmm. for the students that I got. Like I was just done. I I was talking about this the other day. On, um, I put it up on, on IG. It was this the graduation they were playing um ah oh, some song. It was a it was a remix to uh, uh whatever one of the, a gospel song whatever they was playing it mm-hmm. at a um at the graduation and I'm like I would have went to I had a scholarship to go to Norfolk State but I took the one to go to Gannon because I did not want to go to an HBCU man I was Mm -hmm. done Mm -hmm. I was through with all black shit I was done Mm -hmm. I know that sounds fucked up but as an 18 year old I was through bro I'm done and I literally I needed that though I needed to go and experience different parts of the world because I'm honest we wilded out at Gannon I would have been we would have been fools at Norfolk mm-hmm. State if we because we all three probably would have went to the same school or whatever mm-hmm. but you know what I mean so I think I said all that to say I think some people when they leave cities like that sometimes it's fatigue and you you turn and you run and you never look back mm-hmm. and like it takes us to get to the point like we were two years ago pre-COVID we came with Young Gifted and Black uh, a nonprofit organization we're gonna start a scholarship fund at Shaw High School stuff like mm-hmm. that it takes some being retrospective and, and looking back on stuff and being like, all right, what can we do to help affect? Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not gonna. I don't even know if I would have made it through college if I would have kept that EC shit in my in my blood, bro. I had to, I had to purge it out of me, man. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds fucked up. Some people cool. Some people can function in that shit and still go get a job and go get a job at LTV still or some shit and still live with their mom off Northfield. I couldn't do. If I'd have been an EC, I'd have been selling dope. You know what I'm saying? Like it would it would have swallowed me whole. You know what I'm saying? So I had to go and do something different. I had to go play ball. I had to go to school. I had to get the fuck up mm-hmm. out of there. And I think you do that, and then next thing you know, it's 15 years later, you in a position financially to help and it's and assist, mm-hmm. but you so disconnected at that yeah, point. It's, you don't it's even hard re- to figure out how. To you don't do know it that the courts is fucked up at the sieve. You don't you don't even know until you go back. You ain't been coach. there forever. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, damn, why is it? Why the the court's warped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it, terrible. Well, anyway. All right, my terrible. bad. Long-winded way to say, sometimes <laughs> no, no, no. you be, um, you just got fatigued from, from, from the hood shit, man. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand. I mean, I, I feel that way about Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel fatigued, you know, with Cleveland because, you know, I think that unfortunately what we have adopted as African people is this poverty mindset. Mm-hmm. And we are we are beholden to it. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we holding on to it with dear life, you know, mm-hmm. feeling like we can't really get ourselves out and that somebody owes us something. And yeah, I would say America do owe us something. You know what I'm saying? But whether or not America makes good on that has to be irrelevant and secondary. What are you going to do right now? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that lack of empowerment, that lack of, you know what I'm saying? My, my life story, please, I ain't even supposed to be where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, so people, you, you either have that drive and that motivation to do it or you don't. The issue though, is that we are not inspired by enough people. The other issue too, is that this goes back to the Afrocentric piece, Mm -hmm. right? Is that everything that we absorb is Euro-centered. Nothing that we absorb is Afro-centered, right? Even the school system, the education. The education system is not teaching us about ourselves. The education system is not teaching us about our history, who we are. And none of the schools, none of the universities prepare us to socialize as black people. None especially colleges with, especially teach within you, a white world. Mm, colleges teach you to work for white people. Even if you go to a HBCU, HBCUs are not teaching black people to build black infrastructure for a black society. They're still teaching you how to function in a white society. Nothing is teaching us. And so, and I, and I can speak on that and I can say that because what I said when it came to the black babies is this. People, you know, they, they uh, you could say boycott, march, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, but basically begging the hospitals to listen to black women. You know, and I was like, why would I be, why the fuck would I beg you to mm-hmm. listen to me? Mm-hmm. You know how low I have to feel in my self-esteem mm-hmm. to beg you to see me, mm-hmm. to hear me? I'ma just leave. I just will not service, receive services from here. Mm-hmm. So I said, we have to build our own birthing center because I'm not going to rely on you. You know how many black women and black babies have died in the meantime? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of uh, of you maybe elevating your moral standards and codes, mm. so we gotta wait for you to have a heart <laughs> for mm. us. What sense does that make? No, I'ma just build an organization where I only hire black women mm. to do this work. You know, so that black women get a piece of the pie because I think we forget that we live in a capitalistic society, mm-hmm. and if you don't have capital, then you don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the issues again that we have is just that you know, even with the political realm, right? Mm-hmm. Like we we the I had wrote something on Facebook and I said the black caucus might as well be the caucus for everybody. <laughs> Nobody has a black agenda specifically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because. There's a disconnect between the working poor and poor black people and the middle and upper middle class black people. Mm-hmm. But the upper and middle class black people is who is making decisions on behalf of African-Americans, yeah. though they are the minority of the African-Americans because those are the people who went to college. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's why they get to sit at those tables and they get to. And, I, and believe me, and I understand this because I'm on both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the hood, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? I grew up in Huff, I graduated from Collinwood, Mm -hmm. but I went to Kent State University, so I Mm -hmm. do have a degree. And I've been in these corporate and political spaces. I am telling you, (laughs) this is the truth, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because 
I still have the working poor, poor blood in me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I've mm -hmm. never lost that. You know, you so I can come into those rooms and I can say, no, this is actually what the people need. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I can still speak on behalf of that, but I don't want to be beholden to what you say makes sense for my community. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you don't have that experience. I guess the part there is, is what, what <laughs> not only gets you <laughs> in those doors, but what also gets you to the point that you're able to play once you get inside, mm -hmm. because like you said, I never thought about it that way, but it's true. Yeah, the people that's been on that to that made it to a certain level are the ones speaking for the whole group as the the black people as a whole. It, but like you said, they're the minority. I didn't even think about, it, but they're the minority. They're minority. Like like your plight nowadays though, ain't the same as ours. And so mm -hmm. I, like it's like sometimes I love when when people celebrities oh I, I came for this I came for this. I get it. But like when you're talking about it, you ain't living that shit no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like y'all was just saying too, like we never get rid of that. And I, and I know we there's a point of the. All right, we never get rid of it, but but some people get further away from it than others do. Because like mm -hmm. you can still sit here and do the work that you're doing now. Like like you said, we all got it in our mind or whatever. But some people get away from it a lot more than others. Like April made a point in there where she was talking about she 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 doesn't mind you know coming back to help the community, but she but she'll be damned if she wanted to fix it more than the people living there. You know what I'm saying? It's I, it's I true. think I think that's a <laughs> I think that's a great great strong point that was made right there. You know, it's just how far are we going to go for and how much are we going to, how much are we willing to come back mm -hmm. to still help? You know what I'm saying? As, as, as in the whole, you know, as a whole, mm -hmm. I, I think that's the tough part. Like I said, once you get inside those doors, how do you sit there and make a, a, a change? Like you said, the black caucus is for everyone. Look, I would love for everybody to just fight for us a hundred percent tooth, tooth and nail, but it's like, mm -hmm. are you ever going to get in the door if you do that? Or are they just going to hold you out? Or do it's, you play the game to get in and okay. then you go ham or something like, I mean, so I, I, I don't know what the, you know the what? secret is to that. The reason why I keep reacting the way I am when she when she's speaking is because I think the thing that she was just talking about is it's it's part of the answer. It's the building your own. We need our own birthing center. We need our own. So, so me, I I don't give you know I don't give a fuck. Um, I've learned. Yeah, I'm 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 in school administration, man. I am. You just said you was gonna send kids home the next school year. So yeah, I know you, yeah, don't you already know what it is. But uh, <laughs> but no. So the teachers at my school. Are all Caucasian women? The print, the the head principal, right above me, mm -hmm. Caucasian woman. Mm -hmm. I'm on West Forty First in the the trenches. You hear me? East Cleveland is rough. West Forty First and Clark is a different world, bro. <laughs> it's a melting pot. You know what I'm saying? Of of trench. You know what I'm saying? And you get in these rooms, and you're right, you say you have one person speaking for everybody and they're the minority. The problem is when you're talking to Caucasian Americans who are from not even, see, the suburbs is different. The suburbs is different. I'm talking about Rootstown. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about they from, I, 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 I get like, you know, pounds of stuff delivered, you know, uh, soil delivered to my, I'm talking about like country folk. Mm -hmm. Their ability to tangibly understand the inner workings of what's going on on West 41st and Clark, it doesn't even exist for them. Like, it, mm -hmm. so you get in these rooms and you try to speak for, and you can't. And so you right. end up in my position where you know I, I work as I'm working as hard as I can, I always do, give them everything I got to the end of the school year. But then I gotta look at my options in the world. You know what I'm saying? Because 
at some point in time, man, I don't care how credentialed you are. I don't care how effective you are. I don't care how big of a voice you are. I don't care how much respect you command from the students, from the teachers. If you are a black male or a black woman in a corporate setting, it is extremely hard to get. I'm not talking about for them to understand you or hear you or feel where you're coming from or, oh, yeah, Mr. Reed, we get it. I'm talking about really understand, make policy changes, make like physical changes to what's going on. It, it is almost impossible to do because the majority, they don't, they don't understand. Like we had a, come on a short story. I know we talked about a little bit on the pod a while ago, but we had a, so beginning of the school year, we started school August 1st, 2020, to put this in perspective. I know you said, I know you said, you said he's from, from East Cleveland. Oh no, he's from another oh. hood. Oh. Not East Cleveland, hood. but hood. Hood. <laughs> So we all we all from we all from hood. We all from the same uh, relatively the same type we of from, relatively the same area, the quad. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Cleveland, I mean our quad East side of triangle. Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. My mom used to work at Mount so, Sinai back in the day, yeah. So it's a huge field next to our school that's connected to a park. Somebody park the park is where we usually have recess. It has swings, it got the jungle gym. All that kind of stuff. Not in the park, and not on the actual playground, but in the field, somebody got shot in August of 2020. We have three days of school left. They have been having recess in an area about as big as this studio space. I'm not joking with you. For the entire school year. Nobody understands where I'm coming from when I have conversations with them about these students. I don't... Black, Latino, or white, whatever their color, they live here, fam. Mm-hmm. I know you drive 45 minutes here from your rural home somewhere. Mm-hmm. They live here. I know somebody got shot. I understand your need and want to protect them. I want to protect them too. But we have to at some point make it normal for them to fucking play. Mm-hmm. They still go there after school mm-hmm. because they don't have any other place to go. It's the playground in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, But their concept of understanding, like, even though I'm in a rough neighborhood, I still live in East Cleveland, man. So if you gonna come in here and teach me, you gotta somehow adapt to my way of living. Mm -hmm. And people get shot on West 41st. Mm -hmm. All I keep hearing is niggas get shot every day. They get shot every day, B. So we can't shut a playground. If we had to shut playgrounds down for people getting shot within the vicinity of a playground, there would be no fucking playgrounds. All right, but you but you say we we need to normalize that and not sense. normalize it. We it's been ten months. Not I get it. If you we beginning the school year, we went through winter recesses inside anyway. Once spring hit, let's have yeah. An I mean assembly. that's that, that's asinine. Let's have that's an assembly. Yeah. I mean, let's I, talk about it. Let's do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But just I don't even know if they go open it up next school year. I, 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 they probably I guess I guess I, I was I was just listening to that part. And I was wondering like. I, like I used to not really normalize, but you know they got to get back out there. At some but, but point, it's, it's the it's the part of of you know the reason why we kind of react to a lot of things that we do in our lives now is because of the way we were brought up, and it was just normal. Mm-hmm. You have to you do got to have that fear of yeah, what we do. are making to be normal you for do. these kids, you though, do. because. Like I can sit there and say, even growing up at EC, like I thank thank God for having both my parents home and stuff like that. I don't feel like my life was as bad as others have been. Mm. But that's not to say the shit wasn't shitty at some point. Yeah. But it was normalized to such an extent. Mm-hmm. Being hungry, not having food, not having money, being mm-hmm. broke or something mm-hmm. like that. Stuff was normalized so much that 
we just get used to it. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a balance that we have to find too with just being like, all right, cool, we know this is going on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they got to get back out there. They got to go play, but man. not, but not doing so much that we just make it seem like, okay, this is just how it's going to be. That you just start to accept that. All right, but this is just how it fucked up it's going to be or whatever. Yeah, man. Because we look back at our lives now, like, oh, we went through this. And we'll laugh about it now a little bit, but we'll be like, but that shit was fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the schools was fucked up. It was mm-hmm. fucked up that you'd be going there niggas were sharing books and, and, <laughs> or, or whatever else was going wild, on in school. It's a wild concept, man. Yeah, man, but... Mm. All right. Yeah. You know what? we did, uh, uh, Real quick, uh, shout out to our... Uh, I mean, I'm about to get into the Corey, but actually... Um, yeah, so that is our guest. That's who she is. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's about 15 minutes. We went about an hour. Yeah, and I feel but like we, we didn't even we, dive we, into we a lot more. of the yeah, stuff we that we've been doing. We're going to come back we from be, the core and talk about some more stuff. Yeah, we got to trickle back into some other stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're going we to some... talk about some more stuff. Okay. But uh, let's get into Nicore real quick before we get going, man. Nicore Apparel. It is apparel for truth tellers, man. You know what I mean? Um, shout out to our sponsor. Like I said uh, uh, last week on, on Mother's Day, they... they Reached out, blessed us with a couple gift cards to uh, donate to moms. You know what I mean. So we we had four. We ended up donating six. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to them for for donating two fifty dollars gift cards. Um, the Corey Apparel is a black owned um, uh, clothing company, a, apparel company. I want to get that Juneteenth shirt they put. Yeah, together. we got. Yeah, we got. got to get that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him up. Have him because he hit me up asked if we wanted some more. Oh, shit, some man. more uh, merch. So I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna probably just send. The June team shirts out. You okay. know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, so it is. The um, Corey is the African Adinkra symbol for truthfulness. You know what I'm saying? So the clothes speak truth in all its forms. You know what I mean? So go ahead over to Nicore Apparel, N O K O R E Apparel.com. Use the promo code DMST and uh, you get 10%. 10% off. You know what I mean? So uh, after the pod, though, wait till we done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> go ahead over there, <laughs> check out the website. Um, and get yourself 10% off. Uh, shout out to Nicore Apparel. We'll be back in a minute. DMST Podcast. See you in a second. Nicore Apparel is a lifestyle brand inspired by and created for those who unabashedly seek, speak, and live in truth. Nicore is the African Adinkra symbol for truthfulness, and the clothes speak truth in all its forms with the ultimate aim of love and justice. If you're down to expand the culture, break barriers, and eradicate injustice wherever you find it, then Nicore Apparel is the brand for you. Go to NicoreApparel.com. That's N O K O R E Apparel.com. Nicore Apparel for Truth Tellers. What's going on, Playboy? You got YouTube? Hell yeah, I got YouTube, man. I love it. I got it. You got it. Y'all listening? Y'all got YouTube. So y'all head on over to YouTube.com slash DMST boys, and that's B-O-Y-Z. Z. Check out the full episodes of the show. If you ever can't check us out on Sundays on Facebook Live, you can always check us out on YouTube. Head over right now, YouTube.com slash DMST B-O-Y-Z. Check out the show. Check Peace, the show. y'all. Peace. Yeah, it was a very quick break. I'm sorry. It's my bad. It's about he, a 45 he got to second. the convo. My bad. It's about my a 45 bad, second commercial. We got that. But yeah, we're we going to have some convo after this uh, after this pod tonight. Um, but welcome back. Welcome back to the pod. We are still sitting here uh, with Miss Kristen, Afrocentric Sage. Yep, yep, um, yep. We're having a very good conversation, very deep conversation. But we want to get into a little bit more of what you're doing before we uh, kind of transition a little bit more. Um, you have a, a movie or a film, something like that, that you did. That, that Can mm-hmm. you talk about that for us? Yeah, so uh, we filmed a sort of docu-style 
um, movie about infant mortality, black infant mortality around birth and beautiful communities mm -hmm. and uh, developing two apps. So the first app is called Thrive, mm -hmm. and it's basically a digitized version of the models and assessments that um, I created uh, while at Birth and Beautiful, or with Birth and Beautiful around um, the social risk is what I call mm -hmm. it. And then it was also, uh, there's also a father's assessment that Corey created that we get to look at the social factors and see how uh, high of a risk a parent is at maybe experiencing prematurity, which prematurity is a leading cause of infant death. And so then the second app is called Bib because I'm busy. Um, mm -hmm. And it came really out of this concept for me selfishly because I needed uh, services on demand, but um, it's also been uh, created as an economic infrastructure for black businesses. So it goes back to what our earlier conversation was, is that we have to focus on building our own infrastructures. And one of the biggest uh, issues that we have is the lack of economics within our community. Mm -hmm. This app will allow people who provide a service to get on this app and make some money. So, you know, for example, I gave the barber example, but the same could be for a person who has like a mobile uh, car wash or something like that, right? Mm. If you need your car wash, then boom, this person can come right to wherever you are, wash your car and be on your way. It's a cashless system. Um, you know, it works for any of these different services. And so this allows that, you know, group of people who are the forgotten people in the hood who can do all of these services, but they don't necessarily have access to a platform or, you know, these the social media marketing to really get themselves out of there. But, you know, when you need somebody to come and do the plumbing in your house, you know what I'm saying? You just call a brother down the street. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? He, he know how to do plumbing, fix the little pipes, you know, he yeah. can come and do it. And so this is meant to what I'm really good at is niche marketing. I'm, I'm good at, you know, looking at the things that people have overlooked. You know, that's how I built, you know, Birth mm. and Beautiful Communities in terms of this was a market that people was overlooking, you know, and so this is the same thing. Like I'm doing this, but it's really specifically for black service providers mm. to get those service providers some money in their hands. And I, you know, wrote this on Facebook. Like, look, if you, I'm like, how many people, how many uh, people have you put money in their pockets, you know, because mm. if you're not, if you're not helping people getting money, you're not helping them, you know? So we, we, we got this concept, um, of that we are helping people, but I mean, where are we hurting the most? And the most is we have a lack of an economic infrastructure. So that's what this is. And so that docufilm is capturing that journey of, you know, how the connection of the lack of economic structure, infrastructure within our community is leading to uh, the death of our babies early. Jeez. I like that. It's, um, cause I, I, I do feel like when it comes to that issue, it's, it's so, um, it's kind of layered in a sense, um, as with a lot of um, different health disparities where it's just, it's not just one particular thing that's leading to it. It's just, uh, it's, it's so many of the social factors that go into it. That's why, like you said, the assessment part of stuff. There's so many, it's so many social factors that go in that, that come play a part in it. I mean, it's, and it's a cycle in a sense, you know, it's mm -hmm. okay. So the family's poor. It could be like the family. So there's an economic aspect to it. The family's poor. So then because the family's poor, 
you know, you're not eating as healthy. Um, you know, or you live in a bad neighborhood, so you don't have the food options because the store to get to is a ways away. No, only one you got is Coney's and it's shitty food <laughs> and Coney's. Say, uh, you know what I'm saying? Or you ain't got the, or you don't have the transportation to get to the better store. So you got yeah. all that going on. But then it's the, well, why do you not have a lot of money? Well, then it's the social aspect of your, your, your school system was poor. So the parents had a shitty education in the sense, so they couldn't get ahead to a certain point. So that translates you to probably maybe not going to college or maybe not getting the best job that you could have got. And what happens when you get a lower paying job? You don't have insurance that, you know, or better insurance and stuff like that. Or if you have insurance, you still have to make the decision on if I'm going to go to the hospital and get services mm. and stuff like that. It's all a fucking cycle that mm. keeps that, that translates into a, a, a situation where you could be in a home where somebody could be pregnant. And now it's like, you got all these different social factors that's being played into part. Mm. And that's going to lend itself into the type of pregnancy. I mean, I could be wrong with that, but that's going to lend itself in a sense to the type of pregnancy a woman could have. You know, mm-hmm. is she going to get the prenatal care and things like that? Or what type of care is she getting? Is she going to a, a reputable place or is she going to just where she can be seen just to get to basics of what she needs or something mm-hmm. like that? So now I don't brain, know. Now brainstorm mansplaining. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, ain't, y'all can't talk about I'm me sorry. in the feed. No, I'm sorry. Tell them more about what they do when they have babies. Tell I, them more. I said I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> oh no, I mean you good. It, what you just described is just this um this essence of how interconnected everything is in our environment and it's true. Um you know, the biggest factor that leads to prematurity is toxic stress. Mm. You know, so I'm a researcher, I'm a writer, I've co-authored several studies, research studies. And mm. one of the research that um studies that we did was we wanted to see uh, the amount of cortisol that uh, black pregnant women had within their system, cortisol being a stress hormone. Mm-hmm. I had had this theory that African-American women had higher levels of cortisol because, you know, at the beginning when women would come in, we would have them do the self-reporting assessment. And let's say, for example, we'll ask them, well, how stressed are you from, um, from a, a scale of one to 10? But they would say like a two, <laughs> but they would have just described to us like, super stressful situations right yeah and so um i had found a a psychologist and researcher down at kent state which that was my alma mater i went down there Mm -hmm. and um i asked her i was like well what is another way that we could you know verify stress levels other than using self-reporting technique because what if as black women we have just internalized the stress Mm. and so it's just it becomes normal to us we've normalized Mm. this this stress being a part of our lives and so we decided to do cortisol which what we did was take a sample of the hair on the back of the neck and there's two ways to do it because you can either take a cortisol from saliva but it's acute so you only get sort of real-time stress Mm. but if you take it from hair from the root of the hair then you can see it over a three-month period Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did. And um, lo and behold, what came back was that, of course, African-American women are more Mm. stressed during pregnancy and have higher cortisol levels than white women, you know, at the same gestational period. Mm. Now, there were two parts that came out of that. We had a group of women who had uh, exceedingly higher stress levels, cortisol levels. But then we had a group of women that had super low cortisol levels. But when we looked further into that, What that meant was that those women were experiencing anxiety and depression Mm. and they had actually normalized. So it wasn't that they were not under stress. It's just that their resistance level to stress was higher. Mm. Right. And so there is a such thing as emotional DNA, but more so it's called epigenetics and epigenetics 
basically is emotional DNA. Mm -hmm. But how it works is, let's say this generation right here of women have suppressed their uh, resistance or their resistance level to stress mm -hmm. is higher. Well, that get passed down through the baby. So we have we have children who are coming, babies that's coming into this world who already got a high resistance level for stress. Mm -hmm. You know, because so this is why I say that my, my angle is always black babies. You know, because I have a unique understanding and perspective around the ills that plague our community. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't get this right, then we don't have a future. I don't think that people realize that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? A baby, uh, the, the life of a baby or how well babies are doing in our community is a direct indicator of how well our communities are doing. So if our babies are dying, what does that say? Mm -hmm. That says our communities are dying. Yeah. So if we don't get our and shit together, are. if we don't wake up, then we risk not having a future. We risk not having a legacy. So I don't play around with people around. This is why I can be very frank mm -hmm. and honest about this because, you know, one of my quotes is, I'm not here to save your feelings. I'm here to save babies. Mm. So I don't care about how you feel about the truth because our ignorance is what's killing our babies. Mm. And when you look around at our communities, they are dying slowly. And that's the, but that's also a, 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 a strategy that, um, our 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 uh, Caucasian brothers and sisters have used for centuries the the, the bleeding out of of civilizations. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Definitely. They are going to system. And uh, I know it's a, a hot button word. I don't mean by either, but they are going to like strategically, systematically, mm -hmm. just weed out. East, you know, the East mm -hmm. Cleveland's of the world and the East St. Louis's and the whatever. You know, either mm. through gentrification or just decay, and they will eventually. They stop helping you. They give you no resources. They give you nothing. They give you no no other no other option but to finally leave. Because because it is, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, man. It really is. It's diabolical, man. But they're diabolical geniuses, though. Because you, you create people like me when I was 18 years old. They know the human brain. They know the human psyche. And they know it's only so much people can take. Mm -hmm. And if somebody does get in a position where they can bounce, they ain't never going back to that shit. Mm -hmm. And they know that. And if you create such desolate conditions, they know people ain't going to double back. You ain't going to go to some perfectly manicured lawn of a university. Mm -hmm. And they be like, you know where I want to go live? <laughs> on page <laughs> they know you're not going back bro and they know that man and it's strategically done man have you seen the if you haven't seen the documentary on i think it's on hbo it's called exterminate the brutes mm -hmm. that's a four-part series um you know it it shows how deep global white supremacy is mm. it, you know so I, I you know we we talk about systemic racism um, but systemic racism is actually just Europeans being who Europeans yeah, are. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like it, 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 we, we keep talking about it in a way 
where it's like, you know, this intangible or this tangible thing that we can like fix. Just right? Big, that's all about to say. But but it, but Damn it's it. not, you know, this is just, you know, white uh, folks being white folks. This is who white folks, Europeans yep. have always been. Yep. And so once we grasp that concept and quit trying to focus on changing them, because that's what we do. We're trying to change yep. them. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King said that very clear in this documentary. I've been watching it. I was mm. pissed off because I was just like, see, I'm like, this is the problem. But see, he realized it before he before he died. Right before he died, he said that he feared that he was he led his people into a burning him. building yep. because he realized that. Now, but here's the thing that we have adopted the people from that movement who who agreed with his philosophy have raised children and grandchildren who are still upholding that philosophy and trying to change the hearts and minds of white folks instead of us focused on us and what it is that we need to do mm. within our own community for ourselves. We're still trying to uh, go, you know, be a part of their system. We want, we want to go to their schools. We pat ourselves on the back because we get their degrees. None of these things teach us how to sustain our community. So mm -hmm. nobody is talking about that. Like we are in the process of developing a black leadership development program mm -hmm. for that very reason. So that we are being intentional about who we allow to sort of lead us within our communities, because I don't see many black, true black leaders in our mm -hmm. communities. I, there's not really one that I could say could speak on my behalf. I, I, I could not say that at all. Because so. my, my goal is not to be equal to white people, you know, because that that's the the act we say equality used to be equality. Now it's equity. Mm -hmm. We just playing semantics. Mm -hmm. And this is what they do. They yeah. got the same root words. So yeah. do it matter if you say equality or equity? Nope. Mm -hmm. You still trying to say that my standard should be of your standard. But what if I think what, what if my standard is here mm -hmm. and yours is here? Because I ain't lynched nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So how is my standard? I don't want to be on your standard. That's too low for me. I like that. Whew. I like that. What would you say, in your opinion, makes a good black leader then? Like, like what would you look for in a person? We have so many past black leaders and scholars that we do not know anything about. So I can do a, a while ago, I had curated a list of books for for black people to read. Mm -hmm. Don't know if black people read them. I even said here, I opened up my home. If you want some of these books, you could come in here and get some of these books. But Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, John Henry Clark, Dr. Amos Wilson, Dr. Ivan Van Sertima, uh, Nilly Fuller Jr., the list goes on and on. All of these black African scholars who, for the most part, have all passed. I think the only person who's still alive who I listen to is Dr. Claude Anderson. He's still alive. But for the most part, everybody else has passed. But these people actually lay out a blueprint of what it is that we need to do as a community to free ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm. But are them the books they assigning you in school? Mm, they not assigning books they to you in school would. to read. But, but technically, <laughs> we never even got assigned books in class in oh school. Right. Yeah, we, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> they have books on the table. Hey, get them if you can, fam. So, yeah. so, so many, mm. you know, D Diop. You know, I mean, these are mm. like prolific 
African and black scholars who spent their entire work researching and digging up and, and have literally laid out what it is. We don't want to accept it though. We, we, we don't want to accept it. And, and we are in con and I get it. And that's why I have so much compassion for my people, you know, and that, and that's why, um, I, we also do grief recovery, mm -hmm. you know, because, um, I went through grief recovery first, uh, well, before I became a specialist. Mm -hmm. And so I mainly work with women and Corey mainly work with men, but it's important that we all go through grief recovery, in my opinion, because we associate grief with the death of a person. And that's not necessarily what grief is an emotion. And you experience grief anytime you have a loss in your life. And a loss is any change in your life from what it was to what it is now. Right. So every time you change, you change jobs, every time you move, every time, you know, you fall out with somebody or whatever relationship in those are losses. Mm -hmm. And so you experience grief from that. But we aren't taught how to emotionally deal with our grief. We only are taught from an intellectual standpoint how to deal with our grief. Mm -hmm. So if you lose somebody, what people usually tell you, well, boy, you know, they in a better place now. <laughs> Well, you know, intellectually that that computes emotionally, yeah. your heart is still broken. Yeah. Nobody. So this teaches you how to complete those losses mm -hmm. so that you can um, open up your heart space so that you can receive new information. But black people running around here with all of this grief built up. We don't mm -hmm. have any room for any new information mm -hmm. to come into our hearts. We don't have any room. So we have a very unique relationship with the United States of America. And that is something that we are constantly grieving as well. Mm -hmm. Black people are constantly grieving our relationship with America because it has been filled with a lot of disappointment, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of death. And these are things that we have not uh, reconciled with. And it and it it then impedes any of our progress and our growth as individuals and as a community. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. All right. I know you're talking about we need to find leaders. I'm telling you right now, man, the amount of information that you got uh, built up and, and, and the, the things that you've looked at, people need to uh, pay attention. That's all I got to say, man. They need to pay attention when, um, when, when you or people, you know, with, with that level of compassion. We got compassion um, and passion <laughs> mixed with information mm. um, and some truth and some, some honest truth. To me, that's, those are leaders. You know what I mean? I come from the sports world. You know what I mean? My my best coaches ever were the ones who told you the truth. I can't stand a, a coach that'll bullshit with you. I can't stand a bullshitter. Don't bullshit with me, man. Tell me the truth. If I'm good enough, tell me I'm good enough. If I'm not, tell me I'm not. You know what I mean? And tell me how to get better. So uh, you might, you, you talking about you want to find the next leader. You might want to uh, go home, go into the bathroom, go like this. Wipe off the mirror and look in the mirror, fam. I think you might. But you know what? I but I am a coach. I am a coach. So that was the other thing that you all mm -hmm. said too. So I am a coach. So I do do coaching for mm -hmm. um, life coaching and mm -hmm. coaching for those who want to start nonprofit organizations and businesses. We might have to. Uh, <laughs> Hire you, talk to you about something, bring you in, help with our nonprofit. But I make everybody go through grief recovery first oh, as a shit. part of the of the you ready? You of ready? The life. Hey, you see somebody? Coaching. He might have the most. Don't be, don't, don't do me. Don't do me. 
Don't do that. He might have the most amount of grief build up. Don't do ever. that. It's like tartar build up on this nigga's heart. Don't do that. His don't, heart. Don't, don't do that. I I I I um I, I wholeheartedly. Will he make him cry at the end? Well, listen. He's never cried in his life. That's not. That's 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 not true. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you you could benefit that's, because that's listen, not true. <laughs> but the reason why <laughs> this is important is because we think that we can separate our personal from our professional, and it does not work like that because mm. we are whole people. Mm. So you do have to deal with your shit because you are not as good to anyone else and not yourself, especially, right? If you don't deal with you first, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. have to, because then what ends up happening is that we are carrying around grief that we don't even know that we had. Mm -hmm. When I went through grief recovery, I was like, I'm cool. I came in here. I'm like, I'm about let's get the, these cubbies few weeks over, right? Mm-hmm. Man, I was in that session like, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All this stuff started coming up, but it was the most, I felt so relieved. Mm. I felt so relieved that I was actually able to complete my losses and I was actually able to give an emotional response to things that I had been intellectually trying to rationalize mm. my entire life. Hey. And so once I did that, that is actually when I made the decision. I was like, oh, I am leaving BBC, mm. you know, because then I had space in my heart to make a decision mm. free, right? Mm. Because then I said, I have other, I have bigger things that I need to accomplish to do so that I can affect change for our black babies. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't do it anymore on an individual level. I did that work already. Now it's time for me to go to this higher level, a mm-hmm. macro level, and influence systems and yeah. create systems so that we are not constantly pulling our black families out of the water in the riverbank. But we are moving upstream to prevent them from getting in the water in the first place. And that's where I'm at, is preventing us from getting in the dirty, murky, racist waters in the first place so that we all have a fighting chance at not surviving, but thriving. Hmm. And that's the name of the movie. <laughs> on that but oh, it's survive and thrive mm. I, I was gonna ask you what was the name what the so, name was. Was so did y'all i mean uh, yeah so y'all are done not shooting? thriving survive and thrive so y'all are done like shooting everything and getting all the scenes stuff yep y'all? we are getting the last of the editing out of place mm-hmm. uh logan kingston is uh shooting i shout definitely want to logan, uh man. i know shout out to logan and shout out to uh dr heather rice who uh at cleveland state mm-hmm. who has been instrumental um into in this process and corey kane as well too has been working hard on the father's side and helping to build up um these apps as well so we had like some some powerful players in the mix of this Hmm. you know people who get it and people who understand and say there is a message for us to deliver and we have to deliver it in this way all right so i ain't gonna get too deep and you know i don't wanna i don't wanna get deep get deep all right so (laughs) (laughs) i got you know what because i find myself doing this right and and i don't know what this is you know what i mean I, 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 I'm going to preface this by saying I've I, I spent a lot of time in, in social work and mental health work and my father before he passed last August, one of the greatest human beings I've ever known. It was, was a, a, extremely intellectual spent a lot of time having conversations in life as opposed to getting scolded, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm not a stranger to um, you know, to discussing feelings and emotions. I'm a big ass emotional dude, I, you know what I mean. But anyway, anyway, it's a couple things I don't know if I have reconciled in life, and mm-hmm. I need to figure that. And I never related those to grief. It's crazy. You brought this up. I was thinking about 
Man, but in, in being in mental health, you do this all the time. I don't know why I got suckered into this. I was thinking about my father passing. When you said that people usually relate it to passing and they don't relate it to things that change and shifted in their life. And the biggest thing that changed, the biggest change in my life that shifted me was my 14-year-old was moved. Her mom was living here, and in the middle of the night, she moved her to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and eventually moved to Atlanta. And I don't think I've been the same since, right? Mm-hmm. But I've like figured out a way to like eh, bring it up when I need to. She comes when she comes up for summers, holidays. You know what I mean? It's like you know, always make sure she has a space, a room. You know, it's her house when she you know when she comes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think I've ever reconciled that. But there have been moments and pockets where with her mom, I've like thrown up like paragraphs. Of emotional buildup. Then after I do that, I'm like, <sighs> I swear to God, I'll call her a month later. Like, yeah, so what does she need for volleyball? I just needed to like get that six years of like mm-hmm. out. You know what I mean? But I never related it to grief. You know what I mean? You know how you're in you're almost intentional with the grieving process when somebody passes. You're intentional mm-hmm. with expressing yourself and con- what well, I am because mm-hmm. that's how I was raised in conversations and trying to figure out what's going on and, you know, being open and honest with, like, you know, with your wife and family members and, and my mother, you know what I mean? But when it comes to that, I try to, like, man, I try to man it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, my kid, I don't fuck that shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I figure this shit out. You know what I'm saying? What she you, you try, but I never related it to grief. So I don't know. I might have to have a conversation with somebody about that I've never even mm-hmm. put two and two together. So I don't even know what. Well, the question we the is. grief specialist. I might have to have a conversation <laughs> with you. I've never related that to grief specialist. though. Yeah, I mean, it's a very legitimate feeling, and what you are describing is what we call in um, grief recovery as undelivered communication. Mm. You know, and and you being able to. Um, deliver that communication you know mm. in, in the program you you deliver it on a piece of paper you don't actually give it to the person mm. <laughs> <laughs> t- you want me to write <laughs> no, you know i actually you i did that back in like person. back in like yeah. december I, i'll never forget she she probably in the feed my, my wife read it after i sent the the, the text messages uh-huh. and she was like <laughs> Who she has to look at her face like now? I hope we'll never get to this point. Yeah. But I had to, man. It was in my like it was. I don't know. It, it'll just never. It, it it's never set right with me, and I've never really dealt with it to the point that I'm a. My, she's 14. She'll be here next Tuesday for the summer, and so I'm like I'm gonna have a conversation with her before mm-hmm. we go to the Outer Banks. Just about she's old enough to understand exactly what's going on, and you know what I'm saying. But I've mm-hmm. never related it to grief. It's definitely, Jeez. it's definitely grief. And just how you, you, uh, exploded, yeah. you know, in that moment, imagine that's what's happening all around our community with violence, yeah. with all of the violence. That's what that is. And then you, and that's you, the grief. Fuck. And then, you know, deep down, you're like, no, little knuck knuck a good dude. Mm-hmm. He just killed dude the other day. And the world don't understand that. It's grief. Cause literally a week, I'm not joking, man. A couple weeks later, I'm on the phone like, Hey, yeah. So, uh, what does she need for volleyball? <laughs> like I didn't just mm-hmm. decapitate somebody via text. I'm talking about you ever seen a, you ever seen a, a woman? She got her nails, and you heard that tick, 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 mm-hmm. when it be going on for like five minutes. If I'd have had nails, it'd be like tick, 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 tick. I was going <laughs> off because I had Twitter fingers, man. Like I was mm-hmm. going off, and yeah, and and I just needed to get that out of my system. I needed to go to the club, get drunk, and fight. Like that was I needed mm-hmm. to get that out. 
And then cool. Mm. I was cool after that. Jeez, I never related that to grief though. Anyway, definitely grief. Good example though. Thanks for breakthrough moment here on the on the DMS. You know what I mean? I just broke through here. Hey. You started pointing fingers at me and look at you over there. I'm the one. That's what happens though. Deflection. That's on. Talk to him. Talk to him. I'm the one with all the shit. Um, no, nah, that's all good. Uh, well, just where we at right now? Man, well, shit. We yeah, we didn't. We didn't. Yeah, we <laughs> Listen, never even got to nothing like. We, we don't even. Let me tell you something. We don't even have to. I, I said this, man. I said it. You know, just off of assessment, but. It, it, it played itself out too mm-hmm. I'm serious like I don't know what you y'all know you got a lot going on but if you ever feel the need you know at some point in time in your own spare time you should probably look into podcasting because you have the, a, not, a lot of knowledge yeah and a lot of conversation and you can speak yeah. and, and make it make sense. sense yeah some people yeah. we've had people no, on that, that that, that uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking too I, I'm getting this thing where it's like the sad thing, it's like it was almost like when we had Sean and, and Boy Toy up. It's like mm-hmm. I'm getting the thing where it's like we almost got to have him up to have a whole episode for us. Yeah, we too. yeah we got to have you got to yeah. go up and, yeah. be on and have a whole episode for yeah, yourself. Yeah, just a whole separate one too. But yeah. um, definitely. But like I said, like like we've you know we've talked to some people in the past. I mean, I'm not saying nobody. You know, most of most of our guests have all been great. But you have some people on where it's like they you think they think they're saying something sometimes. And it's like they're really not. You're just saying a <laughs> bunch of words that um, nobody really understands. Yeah, yeah. And then mm-hmm. you know, we love our 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 faithful listeners. They'll just be in a feel like what? You know what <laughs> but um, but you can articulate in a way that everybody I think can understand. Um, so I really appreciate it. To be honest, yeah. It reminds me. I'm trying to find his name real quick, man. And I'm a the, the I, I had to pull this over here because I feel bad. For, I'm, I'm gonna put it over here so y'all can see what I what I googled, man, because I can't remember his name. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, astrophysics black man. I can't remember his name. <laughs> oh. But the reason why I rock with Neil deGrasse Tyson, like I don't, I don't think everything he says is the gospel, but he makes astrophysics digestible. Yeah. And I can listen to him, whether I agree with it or not, it's a different topic, but he can say stuff, break it down in a way that makes me do my own, I'm a, my own research kind of person. Mm-hmm. So he can break it down in a way that makes me do my own research. And that's, yeah, that's what, these conversations are digestible for people. Anybody that's not in this live feed is going to regret it today. We're going to get some feedback throughout the mm-hmm. week once our audio pod comes out. But, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, I rock with, with him too, Neil deGrasse yeah. Tyson. So, but yeah, so th- today we didn't even really need we we didn't need topics. You know what I mean? So the next time you come on, because there will be a next time, uh, we ain't gonna have no topics for that day neither. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we do this a lot in our own pod too. Sometimes we we'll just start talking and we'd be like, Yeah, yeah we'll have topics and then we, it, it just we never. That's the reason why we say we talk about it right before the show. Yeah, because we don't want it to be so structured that it's like, okay, well. 15 minutes up, oh, we got to get out of this. Gotta we got to move on. Up oh, 10 uh-huh. minutes up, oh, we got to get out of this. We got to move on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get into something and it's just, we'll be 50 minutes in. It's like, damn, we didn't even know it. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but sometimes the conversation has to go there, especially when it's just like when, mm-hmm. when Playboy is here and it's just the three of us. You don't mm-hmm. get a lot of spaces. No matter how what, no matter how much people try to sit there and say you do, sometimes I know you get your barbershop talk or whatever, but you don't mm-hmm. get a space where you get like three black men that's sitting there just talking about something and really kind of being honest about some shit, especially when something come up like you just talked about. Yeah, like yeah. that could have came up in a weekly show. Like say you weren't here, it just would have been the three of us shooting talking the shit about, about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was great hearing you have that that feedback on it. Mm-hmm. But you don't really get that, especially in a situation where we're going to sit here and one, put it on Facebook and put it out there for everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then, or record it and put it out there. A lot of times you see some of these shows and it's just, 
what I'm saying? Dudes want to shoot the shit, but it's going to be sports or whatever. Or you mm-hmm. kind of come at it from a a really big over the top, you know, just kind of an outside looking in type of thing. Mm-hmm. But no, we kind of dive in at times. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so I, I really appreciate that. So I again, appreciate you being here and talking about it, uh, talking about everything with us today. Thanks for having man, me. Man, um, man. Can I, can I ask one silly question today? Go ahead. Let's get one silly question. We, we'll take five minutes on it. I saw some stupid shit online this week. You know, you know, the social media is like the worst in a lot of ways. Uh, I just saw something that was just I thought was dumb. I don't even know. It may not even it may not even apply. Depends. Do you do you are you a vegetarian or anything? I am not. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if she was, we was gonna go in anyway. No, but <laughs> I saw something online that said it was just something stupid. It said I think it's I think it's manly for a woman to order more than ten wings. I don't know what your appetite is or whatever, but I thought that was just the silliest That's shit. Wow. I just thought it was the silliest shit ever because it's just. Who was counting somebody's wings that's going on the table? You know what I'm saying? It's just, <laughs> but but you were trying to say that I'm a woman can't think. have more than 10 wings? Like, what has she been working all day? What does she ain't get a lunch? You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what your, what your, what your, what your. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. It just, I, I, it just clicked to me because at first I'm like. He man, thinks it's okay. manly for a woman to basically, <laughs> basically she eating too much or something. So, but. I'm trying to think that if Leah, Leah ever had more than 10 wings. Oh, you know you got to say the one funny thing, too. Oh, oh we got to talk about that one. Last day, that'd be the last So, thing. Chris, have you ever had more? Think about it. Have you ever had more than 10 wings? Like 10 wings? You know what? Wings. This is so funny. I have, Polar I have not had more than 10 wings. Um, in fact, I always order 10 wings. And then you, you have some. <laughs> I generally only eat like five. <laughs> you know, and, and I have heard women who, who do. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm different. I don't. I don't. I don't eat until I'm full. Yeah. I eat to satisfy my appetite, oh, okay. and then I'm done. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then if I'm hungry later, I might come back and eat the other five. Mm-hmm. But, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> that I, I, is silly, but that is so that's funny. funny. You know, what, you know what's wild? You that know what's wild? It's funny. I love ordering wings. The wings is the one thing I love ordering with, my girl, with the missus because I know she only going to eat like four or five See? wings. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. She's like, let's get like 25. I'm like, hell yeah, let's get 25. She's going to eat four. My daughter's going to eat three. Nigga, I got 17, 18 wings to myself. <laughs> yeah, women don't, women don't eat more than 10 wings. Yeah, bro. I don't. I don't. Southern women might eat more than 10 wings. <laughs> I oh, live in Atlanta. Oh, you, Atlanta are not, you are not going to disparage our beautiful women in the South. <laughs> saying Southern that they women savages, brother. <laughs> savages when it comes to wings. Wow. Them that wings. is so funny. I want to spy that post. Oh man! So I I just thought that was funny. Like I mean, so we saying a woman can't be hungry out here. She can't have she can't have more than five. She can't have more than a snack pack out here. Is what we're saying. Ten is a lot of wings. Hilarious! That is a lot of wings. That's a lot of wings for one sitting. That's a lot of wings. I had like ten wings from Wingstop last night. I ain't gonna lie, but I had had them with the fries too, though. So I mean, I'm about to show you my email. I had ten wings from Marcos before I came. When I texted you, I was on my way. I lied. I was in Marco's parking lot eating ten wings. I'm not bullshitting. Well, I had just came. I had just came for getting getting my burnt in, so I don't know. Oh, that's funny. Uh, ladies, and I mean, yeah, the ladies in the feed can let us know too. Do they silly. think that's too much to order? If that's a lot of wings. wings that is a lot of wings for one sitting. Now, you, you come Amber, back to it later. Amber said, "Men are blamed for the wing shortage." Yeah, we are blamed for the wing shortage. So. Man. I guess so. Real quick. So real quick. <laughs> All right. Is this the funny thing? Yeah. Well, that was the wing one. He can probably attest to this too. You know what I'm saying? Every now and then, if you're in a relationship, every now and then, 
your woman, your wife, your girlfriend, wherever you are, she might make some, she might be funny every now and then. You know what I mean? Once every 100 days, you know what I mean? Your girl might say something funny. <laughs> Normally, you know what I'm saying? Women think they funny, they're not really funny. But like, my woman is funny every day. Every day. I laughed before I got here. I laughed on the way here. I'm going to laugh on the phone tonight. Ha. Ha ha ha. But uh, so, so I'm sitting there, the feed is done. So I'm sitting in there, and um, you know, we talking about you know, finance. We go over finances, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So we talk about it every week. We go into Houston for Smoke Free Weekend. Shout out to Paco. Shout out to Smoke Free Weekend in Houston, Texas, June 24th through the 27th. So we talking about it. And uh homie Playboy the DJ. We ain't gonna talk about what's going on, but you yeah. know, he was able to, you know, you know, I'm I was about to joke. I'm joking. He ain't really flipping no bricks, but he 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 he, he might be. He, he, he ain't here today. He just said he <laughs> just he sent us a text message like, yeah, I ain't gonna be there. Yeah. So he might be. Got work. Work. <laughs> anyway, uh <laughs> so he uh he was like, Man, you know what? <laughs> Give to the pod or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna grab the the, the plane tickets. You know what I mean? We all mm-hmm. getting our Airbnb, all different kind of stuff. So we're like, oh, this is up. Dope. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But you know how men are, we wanna give him his, his bread back anyway, because we don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, so I'm talking to the missus and she it, we was going over finances. I'm like, yeah, I gotta shoot um uh uh, uh Playboy the, the money for the, the Airbnb. And, and, and um so it's gonna be, you know, this amount. She like, well, what about what about everything else? I'm like, oh no. He <laughs> He covered that, and she was like, "Oh, so y'all getting flewed out to Houston?" <laughs> oh! <laughs> Playboy fly, we get flewed out. Flewed out. Brainstorm, Titan. I, 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 yeah, yeah. But no, Titan flying out on his own. Now. Oh, so it's just us, we yeah, the bitches. T- we, we the bitches. <laughs> We all got flewed out. We got yeah. flewed the yeah. fuck out. Yeah, Titan meeting us after Titan flying in that morning. We flying in in the afternoon. I'm paying, I'm paying him back off GP, bro. Yeah, I I'm told, paying him back off GP. I told, I told Playboy yesterday when he told me, he's like, because he's like, you know, you know Playboy, y'all yeah. know. Yeah, Playboy, you know, he got all smooth. Hey, oh, yeah, I ain't. Don't I, worry about that. I ain't mentioning it to you, though, but, uh, you know, uh, I told, you know, I told Dev yesterday, I'm like, you know, just, you know, I appreciate everything everybody been doing, you know, I appreciate everything going on with the pod, so, you know, uh. I just told me, you know, y'all just give me the money for the Airbnb, man. The plane tickets is on me, man. You know, it's just my gift to y'all, whatever. <laughs> and then I'm looking like Playboy. I'm not putting out when we yeah. get down there. You know what I'm saying? No, <laughs> hey, don't. Fuck you think going I'm on? I'm not about to bust it open. I'm saying, you flew me out there, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? No. No. Like you said, then you told the joke about getting flued out. I I'm like, no, bro. I got to go to the bank. I'm, I got I to I cash out. Yeah, homie. yeah. I'm saying, I'm giving, them, I'm giving them hard cash, bro. <laughs> but she hit me with that one, man. I said, listen, you met your quota for the year, nigga. I was in tears <laughs> laughing at that one. I don't think she ever said nothing that funny. She kind of leaned back. She was like, oh, y'all getting flewed out. I said, what? <laughs> Damn, so shout out to Playboy for flying us out to Houston for the free weekend, man. But, uh, but yeah, no, that was it. Nah, man. but we appreciate the homie, man, for, for taking right. care of it, man. Uh, uh, so we'll probably go ahead and wrap it up here, man. Alicia said, good job. She's a comedian in a relationship. Yes. Yes, yes, she is. Oh, shit, man. Um, um, but once again, thank you for sitting down with us. Let the people know where they can find you, or uh, you know, any of the organizations that that you're still doing right now. Just let them know where they can find you. Absolutely. So I'm Afrocentric Sage on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, um, and www.afrocentricsage.com. 
Um, you certainly can still support Birth and Beautiful communities. That's birthandbeautiful.org. Mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's about the babies. But if you're mm -hmm. interested in coaching services, grief recovery, mm -hmm. then you can find me on those sites. You can book um, any appointments from our website. Okay. Um, and I would say if you go to our IG page too, when you click on the little bars and you say the more and you can go mm -hmm. to the website and stuff, go to the website, do the about, look at those links to the articles that you're looking at the one that you did or that you were had to quote in from uh, the Guardian article about the lead and things like that. Because um, actually I did an assignment like that last quarter on something like that. But it was just, it's very, very interesting reads. It's So do your own, it's not really research, but go ahead and follow her. Look into the work that she's doing. Support it if you can. Um, so um, please do that, y'all. Yeah. And again, thank you for sitting down with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's see. Any announcements? No announcements. Really, you already said the um, the Houston thing in a few weeks. You already yeah. said you'll be gone in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, shout out to the Cleveland Comedy Festival. Yep, uh, we don't shout them out enough. Cleveland Comedy Network, shout yep, out to them. They dropped another episode of I Love to See Elite this week. I can't remember what it's about. So your episode got to be coming up. It's coming up pretty soon, man. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be on two. I'm gonna be on the music episode about Bone Thugs and Harmony, and then I'm gonna be on the sports episode about the sports issues, and okay. then then I have an episode of Taste of Cleveland, <laughs> okay. where they got us. We had to. I had to. So I, what I did was I told the story of Bone's impact on Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like, I told the story. I was, shit, 12 when they mm. came out. You know what I'm saying? When, like, they hit, hit. When Creeping on the Come Up hit. Mm -hmm. Like, I, it was my intro in the hip-hop music. And so, um, just telling that impact they had not had on, only had on the community, but, like, how large they were in the city. I don't think mm -hmm. people really fully grasped how big Bone Thugs and Harmony was um, mm -hmm. in the mid to, my bad, to late 90s. So, um but yeah, they got you. You tell the story three times. You get drunker each time, and it gets funnier. It's out of control. It's out of control. They make you get drunk. But anyway, uh, yeah. So okay. it's coming out pretty soon. All right. So um, um, as y'all know, DMST one sits at yahoo.com. Questions, comments, concern, feedback. Uh, I always say we haven't got one of those. Um, what yeah. What should you do? Type of questions. Um, but those are dope too. So we always like those. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so y'all know we'll be back next Sunday, 14, back next week, next Sunday for the mm -hmm. pod um, mm -hmm. before Dev is out of here the following week. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm for on behalf of Playboy, mm -hmm. yeah, so you know you can find him at Playboy underscore James 3. Mm -hmm. And um, you also you can find him on Facebook. Uh, if, I'm you, not, if you know you him, know him, you know him. Know him. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. know you, man. Yeah, so uh, he'll be back next week. Dev, you can go ahead and give him all your shits. Yeah, man, it's Big Dev. Um, I'm just always trying to spread love on the world for the hate. I know I didn't piss nobody off this week. I don't think it probably, I mean, probably might have pissed me off trying to call me out. On yeah, I did. Stuff. Yeah, probably the teachers I work with. But you know what? Fuck Square em. up with me. You see me on two. Anyway, <laughs> um, but no, nah, man, I love y'all. If you don't love me back, it's cool. My mama do. And like my pops always said, man, do what needs to be done when it needs to be done, whether you like it or not. It's the real big dev two one six everywhere. Everywhere. All right, y'all, so we'll be back next Sunday, man. We want to thank y'all for tuning in. Remember to catch the pod throughout the week. If you have not been tuned in on Facebook today, remember the show will be up on YouTube um, later this week mm -hmm. as well. Also, oh, shit, the clips. Yeah. Um, but that's the one thing we did. Yes, we didn't mention that, too. We sat down with a lot of the different oh, businesses yeah. that were there, the owners that were there, so we recorded a lot of those. So we're going to cut them. That's going to be – so that clip, the, the, the interview clips from the, the, the uh, event yesterday – will be up on not only YouTube, but we're going to put it up on our Instagram page. On IGTV. The, on IGTV. Okay. Um, it's going to be a very, it's going to be, um, 
If you want to go to our page, you have to scroll back a little bit. You can see on my page, you have to go back a little bit. But Live from the Land, we did about two years ago. It's going to be um, in that ilk as far as production. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we're gonna um, we're gonna cut it up and kind of produce it, um, do something really cool for for Cache that she can put out. You know, I don't know what she she says she's gonna be appreciative. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Something like that. So something she can use is, is the promo um, thing from from what she did. So keep be on the lookout for that. You'll you'll be able to get some info from all of the businesses that were there. Um, you have all the information, the links to get the stuff for them, any IG or websites they have, all that kind of stuff, man. It's going to be a real cool situation. So give me about a week and a half, two weeks. We'll head that up. Okay. All right, y'all. So we're about to go ahead and get on out of here. So as I say every single week, it may be cloudy today, but the sun will come out tomorrow. So as long as you are here under the sun, live your life to the best of your motherfucking ability. Mm-hmm. I am DJ Brainstorm for you on all social media. That is DJ Brainstorm, the number four, the letter. You better look in that mirror and find that. That new leader out uh-huh. here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, y'all. We out of here, y'all. Peace. Peace.